Welcome back to the Four Gardens Podcast. I'm Jake Ifshin. The Four Gardens is an approach to cultivate a life of balance, joy, and abundance through tending four key areas. On this show, I talk to guests working in those areas and inspiring them of health, nature connection, creativity, and service. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Sonia Zilberman. She's a relationships coach and somatic therapy practitioner. We have a wonderful conversation today that stretches into our own personal histories, into the different modalities that Sonia brings into her work, and definitely gets into a place of inspiration and vulnerability that I know you're gonna like. Please enjoy this episode and make sure to check it out on YouTube. If you're listening to this on audio, we are recording this on video. We'd love to hear your comments, your reactions. Definitely like and subscribe, always to support this. Let's jump right in. Sonia, thanks Hi. so much for coming out today to the Four Garden Studio yeah. and recording with me. Thank you so much for having me, Jake. I'm so honored to be here. It's such a gift. I love getting to do these in person. And I know you through dancing originally, through ecstatic dance back in the day. Back in the day, pre-COVID days. Pre-COVID, yeah. we were dancing and got to know you a little bit that way. But recently I've reconnected with you, started to learn about your work and uh, I'm fascinated by it. I'd love if you could share more about what you're doing in the world, how you're directing your energy right now. Yeah. Thank you, Jake. And I just really want to thank you for this opportunity. It's such a um, such an amazing gift to be here and to um, to talk about my work and also what drives me and why I do it. And I think the this place of why we do things and how we kind of share ourselves and present ourselves in the world is the essence of this Four Gardens podcast, Great. which for me just really hits home. So really, thank you. So it's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah. Um, so I'm a somatic therapy practitioner and relationships coach, and I work mostly one-on-one -on -one with people, also sometimes with groups, but one-on-one, -on -one, helping people break through some of the blocks and old patterning that we tend to have um, regarding relationships. Like, why do we get into the same types of relationships again and again? Why does the same thing happen? Why do we attract the same type of person? And these like stories that we have that come up in our lives on repeat that we don't know how to um, how to break through, and we're almost victim to these places. Like we want to feel loved, we want to feel seen, and connected, and empowered, and sovereign while we're connected to others, and uh, and sometimes we just don't have the the consciousness, the awareness to actually take that journey and to to create that life on purpose. Amazing and so important right now, so relevant to my life and so many others' lives. One thing you mentioned to me is how big a challenge relationships are yeah. across the board for humans. It's one of the hardest things we do. If not the hardest. <laughs> not the hardest things we do. So what are some of the insights that the modalities you bring, just yeah. generally to give people a sense of what you're bringing to help people to get through those blockages, those barriers? Yeah. Share a little more on that. Please. Sure. Well, before I kind of get into the nitty gritty, I want to say that the overarching, um, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. I have you know, deep spiritual practices of my own, and I bring that into the container with my clients. And a part, you know, there's this, we're, we're animal and we're spirit, right? We've got these roots and we've got the, the branches to the sky, like the trees. And of course, there's this biological purpose of, um, of relationships to reproduce, the um, all of that, right? To, to continue carrying on our genes, this Darwinian purpose that we have on Earth. But also, we have a spiritual purpose. We have the spiritual direction that we take as humans, this journey 
that we're on. And for me, relationships are a deeply, deeply spiritual path because they bring up all of our shit. They bring up all of our stuff, right? Like all of our wounds, all of our um, insecurities, all of the places where we feel unloved or unseen, the relationships bring that up. Yeah. And so we, we feel those places really strongly when we're in a relationship. Of course, if we're alone meditating on a, in a mountain in the Himalayas, we can be all Zen and stuff. And then we go and we come to our family, like Ram Das said, the famous Ram Das quote, if you feel, think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. Yeah, like our relations bring up all of the stuff that needs to be healed. And so relationship as a spiritual path for me is a really sacred and really courageous undertaking because it requires us to take responsibility for ourselves, for our actions, for our feelings, importantly. You know, to feel things we don't want to feel. And also, how do we show up with another or, you know, a number of people? It, it doesn't matter for me what your relating style is. And preserve our sense of self, too. So how do we, how do, we do this dance of synergy with another and sovereignty with ourselves? And for me, this balance of like the connection, the, the unity in the individual, um, for me, that's very spiritual. It's really important as a relationship. What a beautiful answer to that and description of, of why. Why, yeah. why to invest in relationships when I see it as part of the spiritual path, as one of the key, as a key opportunity in life. I think that for me, and, and perhaps for others that, I think about relationships, there's so much conditioning, so much expectation, yeah. how it should look, uh, what we should have in our lives at different times that I experience. That I think that it reminds me too that there's a deeper why of, it's not about, um, achieve, there can be this achievement mindset around relationships. Mm. I want that family, that perfect partner, yeah. those kids. And I think for someone more spiritually minded like me, I love that answer to think about what are really the opportunities for my evolution, my growth, and how I can be with another and yeah. be there for other people and learn and evolve becomes a much more mo different kind of motivation than this is these are the marks of a good life of success yeah yeah and how do i like be there for myself also because you know this like disney story that we're all sold you know the princess things like i'm going to meet my prince charming and he's going to fulfill all of my needs you know and this per there's a person out there that's going to make me feel happy like, what kind of a crazy idea is that? There's a person out there who's going to fulfill all of my needs, make me feel happy, and if I'm not happy, then it's their fault and they need to change. You know, like, that for me is a very um, disempowered way of living. It's like we're actually, you know, I, I work a lot of shamanism and I study and practice a lot in shamanism and this place of giving away your power. You know, in shamanism, we talk about how do we take our power back? How do we reclaim pieces of ourselves? And this place of how am I, how do I take responsibility for my life? How am I responsible for my own feelings, for my own happiness, for being seen and getting my needs met in relationship? This is like the core, right? This place of sovereignty when we're in synergy with another. And so to get back to your question, which I veered off from, I'm sorry, about the, the modalities and the tools, um, I have several kind of lineages, I would say, and um, areas of expertise and training that I that I draw from. The main one is um, from the Core Energetics modality. It's the Core Energetics Institute is a 
it's a it's a deep somatic program based out of New York. It's a four year study where we um, combine kind of Reiki and um, Freudian psychology model and build up on that with the body and spirit framework. So there is this component of um, our body, our emotions, our trauma, our um, our memories in a way, right? Live in the body. Our mind isn't just some like conceptual thing that is there that is running the show. You know, like in DC, we, we live in DC. Um, DC is a city of heads of mental space, and we kind of use our bodies to move from like conference room to conference room to conference room to move the head, right? But actually, our feelings, our place of aliveness, our energy flow is in the body, also in the head, but also in much more the entire body. So how do we stay present with what's actually happening? Um, how do we use the body in a therapeutic framework to unlock some of these stuck energies? You know, we, we talk about energy blocks, armoring, um, energetic splits. Sometimes I, uh, I see people, I work with people with, for example, I'm just giving an example, with a, a major energetic split, a cutoff between the heart and the pelvis, between the sexual energy and the heart. You know, how does that translate into relationships? Well, when we get close to somebody and open our hearts, our sexuality dies. And so people come and they're like, how can I not lose my libido in a very intimate relationship? Um, so we work in a way of opening the heart and the pelvic um, energy together. How do we feel? Um, you know, the four primary emotions that I work with, I work primarily with the emotional body, anger, sadness, fear, joy, these four emotions. Uh, the reason that they're primary is because a baby can recognize them on the face of their caregiver, of their mother or father, since, since birth. And so the superhighways in our brains are built on anger, sadness, fear, joy. How do I relate to somebody based on these four emotions? That's how our, um, our kind of inner child is wired to relate. How do I get my needs met? You know, at Core Energetics, we really look at inner child, early childhood development. The majority of um, our relating patterns, if not all of our relating patterns, are locked and loaded in our brain via these superhighways by the age of six, which is actually a, a time when we don't have much access to, to memory. We don't have much access to that memory. Um, and it's really, you know, in relation to our primary caregivers, our immediate family. And so um, looking at how the body is shaped, how the body carries this energy, these repeating patterns about how we engage in our relationship with anger, our relationship with sadness, our relationship with fear, and also joy, and how we can tolerate or not these places, can really um, give us a lot of information around why these patterns keep happening on rinse repeat, and what we can do about them. Does that make any sense? It does, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I'm hearing the core energetics is really a key modality for you. It's, it's, I'm fascinated by it, too, the different ways you described it. Is there another, I know you mentioned shamanism, too. Yeah. That's another part of your work as well. Absolutely. I, I work personally myself. I'm very much on a kind of a medicine journey. Um, I, you know, 
I, I work a lot with plant medicine, with animal medicine. I also facilitate ceremonies, and people can reach out directly if they're interested. I'm not going to spend too much time um, on the podcast with that. And also, um, in terms of the shamanic kind of worldview, of course, there's a spiritual component, but what is our presence? How do we want to show up in the world? Yeah, it's um, how do, where is our source of power? When we're relating to people, are we giving our power away to them so that they can love us? Yeah, let me give myself away. Let me people, please, so that maybe you'll be in a relationship with me. Let me not have any boundaries so that maybe you'll stay in a relationship with me. This is a way of giving away power. And how do we bring it back into ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, another modality that I, I work with is sacred sexuality. And of course, when I work one on one with clients, we don't really work in the sex, you know, in the in the touch, the sacred sexuality kind of way. But the modality is there, looking at sexuality from a place of um, of sacredness, a place of energy flow. Where does it um, where does it get blocked? You know, um, a lot of people that I work with, you know, talk about checking out during sexual intimacy, yeah, and then not having access to pleasure. So when I talk about um, sacred sexuality as a modality, um, the way that I see it is kind of like a pyramid. So on the bottom, we have safety. How do we feel safe, right? Um, how do we, where do we not feel safe? What do we need to feel safe? In sexuality, but also in relationship in general, because sexuality is like this lens through sexual. How do we how we do sex is how we do the rest of the life. So with sacred sexuality, the way that um, I see it from my own personal experience, yeah, is that it's like a pyramid, and at the bottom rung, the foundation is safety, and this is this applies to sexuality, this applies to relationships, this applies to all any relating the job, but specifically of sexuality because it's so intimate and vulnerable. So where do we feel safe or not? What kind of boundaries do we need? What kind of communication? What kind of intimacy do we need to feel safe? And what I mean by safe is staying present in the here and now, not checking out about my grocery list or the other lover that I had or why this lover isn't perfect or am I going to climax too soon, whatever. Whatever is the story. Staying present with the feelings, with the sensations, the safety that we there. Once we can achieve a place of safety and we can stay present, we can access pleasure. The reason people have a hard time accessing pleasure is because they don't feel safe. They check out. They go into some sort of a, a story. And it's in there that the work begins. So when we're feeling pleasure, what is pleasure? Pleasure is energy in motion. It's a free flow state of energy. We're relaxed, we're open, energy is flowing, and we're feeling pleasure. This is sexual energy, this is any other energy. When, we're, when, when the energy is flowing freely and it's not blocked, we're in a state of pleasure, right? When we access pleasure in sexuality, we can take it to the final tier of the pyramid and manifest with it. So sex magic, I don't know if you've kind of heard of it, it's, um, it's a way of manifesting our lives on purpose using sexual energy. 
But for that to happen, we need to feel safe. And for that to happen, we need to, you know, and on top of that, we need to feel pleasure. So my work with clients is primarily on the safety realm because so many of us are lacking that aspect of relating and then also moving into the pleasure. So it's powerful work and relevant to me right now. Yeah. I'll just be transparent too. I have a clarity call scheduled with you mm. tomorrow, I think. Uh, and I, these are challenges I work with too. And they're very, just to make this safe for others too and, and yeah. take, start to take the stigma away. It's important to me that on this podcast, we talk about sexuality and what role that plays in our lives and relationships. Um, and I think that, yeah, for me, that I've experienced what you're talking about mm -hmm. too, being my head, separation from the heart and the pelvis, getting out of the flow. So these are things that I've been working on for years and it's an ongoing of journey for me. It's me a long too. process um, yeah. for me. And uh, I'm excited to get your, I, I've already been really moved by your uh, videos and work on this mm -hmm. topic too. So hopefully other people out there will see this and find the support or find the modalities for them that will help them connect to their sexual power and take that yeah. and their pleasure. So I think that's really important. Thank you. Of course, you know, we're like an onion. We don't stop. Consciousness is infinite. Now, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to get to. We just keep expanding. Energy is infinite. Consciousness is infinite. Our ability to, to feel pleasure is infinite. To manifest is infinite. It's, um, it's a never-ending journey, and I'm certainly on it myself. You know, when I am, um, thank you so much for your vulnerability and putting yourself out there on this couch, on this podcast, and it also gives me the strength and the courage to do the same. You know, so take, thank you for taking that, that leadership step. And I, um, I really feel that, and it's definitely an ongoing journey for me. You know, when I make love with my partner, we, um, we really make sure to create an energetic bubble so that we feel safer. You know, it's one of the modalities, tantric modalities. And then probably every time we make love, one of us or probably both of us is like, I'm scared. You know, we say it, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. And we take a minute, we breathe, we make eye contact, we feel the fear that is coming up around this deep place of intimacy in relationship and um, and being so open and so vulnerable and so um, in that heightened state with somebody it's really really scary quite a lot to not check out and so just saying even I'm scared and naming it and being present with that and being witnessed in that um, is, is a really important tool that I use to ground um, you know, in sexuality, so we don't check out. That level of authenticity is very inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. uh, a teacher I was worked with a little bit was sharing that authenticity and intimacy are directly related. The more yeah. authenticity you have to be authentic, that you're feeling fear. Like I feel the energy of that. You say that just to, to be in the create the safety to say I'm scared right now. Yeah. In, in, in sexuality and lovemaking, to say that is powerful and to. Another uh, podcast guest, Tristan Montoya, said, our secrets are making mm. us sick. I really like that line. He quoted somebody else. But to be, to be keeping in, surrender is the word coming mm. up for me, too. To be not being able to surrender and to keep part of us, to keep part of myself private or away from uh, the other yeah. is the deepest work to me, is to create that with somebody else. It's so challenging for me to be able to be fully in my truth 
and in my body and my heart all at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's a huge project. Yeah. It's the project. It's the project, yeah. The project. How do we stay present with what is? Yeah. How do we stay present with what is? Inside of us. Wow. A lot, a lot to say here. And I would like to take the conversation even more, a little more vulnerable to yeah. personalize it too. And kind of hear some of your story too around this too, where you're coming from with both your, uh, I talked about your past relationship yeah. and, and some of your work too has evolved quite a bit over the years. Yeah, absolutely. So I started this journey for myself. I think like most people who show up in a place of facilitation or working with people, first we walk the path ourselves. If we don't walk the path ourselves, how can we ever be of support or a service to another person, right? And so for me, this journey started when I was, um, I found myself, you know, I was married. I have two beautiful kids. And I found myself repeating the same relating dynamics with my then husband you know, that I had as a child growing up. Really destructive, really unhealthy. Um, really painful places to the point, Jake, to the point where I could no longer differentiate in my body whether I was feeling trauma around my marriage or trauma around my childhood. You know, I didn't know whom I was feeling those feelings in relation to. That's how, um, that's how I knew I needed to figure this one out. <laughs> Is it, is it my husband? Is it my father? Who is it? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling so small? And those patterns, you know, there's no one to blame. It's a co-creation. All relationship dynamics are co-creations. You know, and if one person changes, the dynamic shifts. Absolutely. So I found myself, you know, I'm a Vipassana meditator. I'm a Vipassana meditator for probably close to 20 years right now. But I didn't have a like a home practice. I was going every year to these retreats. I didn't sit at home. So I started sitting at home for an hour every day. And that really brought me into me and realizing how unhappy I was. It made me more aware of my unhappiness. The numbness thawed out a little bit. So many of us are so numb. As one of my mentors says, 90% of the people, 90% of the time, are 90% unconscious of what's happening. So once we start becoming more conscious of what's inside of us, we start realizing, aha, like I need to do some work around this place. So I did. I crawled into a somatic practitioner's office and said, I need help. I don't know what to do. And we worked for a number of years you know, with work that resulted eventually in the dissolution of my marriage. Um, and the work continued. I started working with plant medicines quite a lot as well. And then I met my current partner that I, who is also on this journey and who is able to um, also do the work with me. And so we've been doing the work in relationship um, for all of this time, for a number of years. Um, the, once I started doing the core energetics modality, I realized how potent and powerful it was. And how deep being in your body and feeling these emotions. You know, I work with people. I, I sometimes ask somebody, hit, hit the pillow. I have a thing. People hit it, you know, to move some energy. Hit the pillow. And then it's like, 
how young do you feel? I feel so young. Some memory comes up of childhood that was completely repressed, all because we're moving this energy. So powerful. And so then I started, I signed up for the Core Energetics uh, Practitioner Training. It's a four-year program. Um, very powerful, very transformative work. And as I have been doing that as a coach, as a relationships coach, and also have been on a, a sexual, a sacred sexuality journey with my partner um, through the work of, um, of the International School for the Temple Arts, ISTA, and many other tantric, you know, um, courses and, and retreats and such, and have also been doing the medicine work. With, with teachers, with deep teachers as well. Yeah. So it's been a really, really transformative, transformative um, half a decade, decade, I don't know. But the, I remember this pivotal point where I was like, do I jump off or not? Do I leave a relationship where I'm not, where my knees are, where I'm just repeating the old stuff and take a leap of faith into the new, Just so scary. I remember crawling into my therapist's office and I said, Elizabeth, I don't have any good options. This is bad and this is worse, you know? And she's like, yeah. It doesn't sound like it, but it doesn't mean that there won't be a future. Right now it's hard. And I just remember the pain being so visceral in these dark places that it, like, I had to feel it on my body. I couldn't, like, smoke a joint and make it go away. I couldn't go, you know, with a friend to a thing and forget it. I had to really feel it. So these really hard places in my life, they forced me to really feel it. I was working also a job. I forgot to mention, I don't know if we have a couple of minutes to. Yeah, I'd actually like to hear. Thank you for sharing the internal yeah. transformation. It's not surprising that your work, your external work, uh, or what you do every day, the work you go into, the job you do, would also transform as you're going through this internal revolution, this internal yeah. waking up. And you said this piece around awareness. And I think that's one thing of the story that I'm noticing is how your awareness grew and grew and grew mm. through yeah. this self-awareness and yeah. self-understanding is part of your healing. So I'm not surprised that would change your awareness around the work mm. you were doing too. So yeah, please share a little bit about that work yeah. transformation. So for me, the journey, like the journey, you know, with the capital V, is from a place of victimhood to a place of sovereignty. The place of, again, not victim, because, you know, there are situations in life where we can be victim to things, absolutely. But the mindset, the experience of victimhood, it's like things are happening to me. The person is doing this to me. They're making me feel this way. This place of smallness, of life is happening to me. Yeah, not very empowered. And so the journey is how do we get from this place to I am manifesting my life on purpose. I am a creature, a being of love and freedom. And no one can take that away. No one. No. So I was working, you know, a job. I'm very passionate about the environment, about justice. I came to D.C. to study at George Washington University environmental justice and human rights and sustainable development. That's been like a real passion of mine. How do we um, show up in a place of justice in the world? I worked in the human rights sector and environmental justice for 
probably close to 20 years. And at the end, I left that modality because I, because I, came, I became very um, disconnected. I became disconnected for, for a couple of reasons. One, in this, linea- this line of work, this advocacy work that I was doing, I was you know, flying all over the world. I was at the UN and Brussels and DC and New York fighting, fighting for this, fighting for that, fighting against this dictator, fighting for this person to get out of jail, fighting, fighting, fighting. I was so good at fighting, Jake. I was the best fighter ever. I loved fighting. I loved like putting on the suit and walking into the room and advocating for something, fighting for something. Um, I was very passionate about it. But as I started undertaking my own journey, my own personal transformation, I really became aware of I was fighting the bad guy. I needed a bad guy to fight. And how much of like a small place that was. And how much for me, and this is getting a little vulnerable, how much of a place for me that was around my family of origin. This fighting an oppressor, fighting a a person, you know, at the end of the day, fighting my dad. I fought my dad so much. My dad and I fought like cats and dogs when I was young, you know? And fighting to be seen, fighting to prove a point, fighting to um, get my needs met. Of course, a bottomless bucket that can't be filled if that person is responsible for my needs, right? And so as this personal work was ongoing inside of myself, I realized, like, I'm done fighting. I don't want to fight the bad guy. I don't want to be the small underdog victim, you know? Of course, it's the work that I was, we were doing and that my colleagues are still doing is so important so important to get people out of jail to get aid you know to fight for laws i'm not i'm not poo-pooing the work in any way but for me because of my personal story it was a place where um i was fighting from a victim place and so when covid hit (laughs) and i was upstairs in my house trying to do this work and downstairs i had my kids who were probably in a trauma state around early COVID and not knowing what's going on and not knowing if they'll ever see their friends. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. This is in no way resonant with who I am at all at this point. I'm done. And at that point, I was already in the core energetics training. And so I left. I took a leap of faith. And these leaps of faith, they're really scary. But the more we do them, the more we learn to jump, the more this inner knowledge comes up of the universe will hold us, this trust in ourselves, in our hearts. And, uh, and I took a leap of faith, and I started doing the relationships coaching, and I've been putting all of my heart to it. And it's such a, um, it's such a gift, you know, because as we are in this podcast together, being fully present together, I get to do this with people for my job. I get to be fully present for 60 minutes at a time with people, yeah, and and support them and be of service. Not in a mind story, not in a place of, oh, that person does this. Fully present with another human being. Like, what a gift. What an absolute gift. Thank you for so much for sharing this journey you've, you've been on, both in your work and your intimate relations. 
and noticing how both were recreating childhood patterns. Yeah. You recognize that in your, your past marriage and in your work too now with uh, fighting your father pattern coming up. So it's beautiful to hear how you've shifted that and are continuing your work with that and heal that, I imagine, uh, as you move forward. And wanting to think, moving into this next chapter, moving out of that human rights work yeah. and advocacy, what is it now that you're passionate about creating, the change in the world that you want to see come about? Hmm. A beautiful question. And I just also want to just really ground myself and tap into it and make sure that it comes from my heart and not just, you know, something I say. And, you know, as I'm moving on my journey and I am growing in my sovereignty, in my ability to to live my life out of pleasure, to live my life and um, and feel alive. More and more and more. The more I do this work, the more I feel alive. Yeah, I'm stuck in traffic after I drop off my kids from school. Normally, like going down 16th at rush hour, I'm like, ah. Oh. Now I look at the birds, and the birds are flying, and the trees so perfect, and I'm like feeling so much gratitude for this life. And so from this place, and of course, not always. You know, of course, I have my places of smallness. Of course, I have my places of reactivity. Of course, I have my places where I don't feel loved or seen, where I feel small. But more and more, those places are more um, not where I stay. You know, and more and more, I learn how to move out of those places. So, in terms of my vision of what I want to create, number one, everything that's on the outside is the mirror of the inside. So the more I create on the inside, the more it will reflect on the outside. You know, the this journey, the one thing that has taught me is that I can't save anybody, I can't save the world, I can't make the world a better place until I make myself a better place, a better a better vessel, a more open heart. So that's really where I'm putting my energy in this way, and it reflects on the outside. Absolutely, I um, I always get really. what I want to create, you know, right now in the present moment, working with people is the most life-affirming thing for me because what people bring to the table, the types of transformations that I witness people having, not because I do anything, because I'm facilitating this, because I'm holding the space, because of the skills that I bring, the invitations that I give people, people are just doing incredible work amazing I'm so proud of my life like so proud and so humble you know at where people can go and I really want to see how I can creatively also with with immense gratitude for this podcast um, bring that out of my office into the world because I know how it feels to feel small to not feel loved to not feel seen to feel disempowered at life, you know, to not to feel stuck, um, and uh, and I really want to support people, be of service to people, to break through those places. Because our power as humans, as as is limitless. You know, we're beings of love and light underneath all that stuff. And with all that stuff, with also all that stuff, all that stuff is real. And to together in community, 
um, grow and open up and continue to opening up. And in that way, anchor the light in this planet. You know, anchor the love. Um, create the type of communities. Create the types of relationships that we want to see in the future generations. You know, the seeds that we're planting now, they're going to bear fruit in seven generations. The, the work that we do now, it's going to reflect on our children, and our children's children, our children's children's children. How do we create, the, how the seeds that we plant now will bear the fruit later. So let's focus on, on planting those seeds within ourselves. And um, a teacher of mine, um, many teachers, but uh, Alonzo Del Rio and Miguel really talk about being in good relation with everyone and everything. How do we stay in good relation with everyone and everything in this world? How do we move through the world? Right? And this is the path for me. This is the journey. Um, and if I can be of service to others on that journey, that will really be a, you know, a life worth living. And this is why I invest so much in my own training, my own personal growth. Um, every year I do many trainings um, to be of more and more service in this way for myself and for others. So inspired by this, uh -huh. this description of your passions and the change you want to create. I'm, I'm signed up for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, on this I'm on this train too with you. I'm just resonating with a lot of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And one word coming up for me is, Curiosity is how your definition of love has evolved mm. in this journey you're on. How do you think about that word now? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, let's see. Back in the day, more than anything, I wanted to be loved. I really, really wanted to feel loved. And you know what? I still do. I really want to feel loved. And sometimes when I don't feel loved, I come up to my partner and say, Ellen, I don't feel loved. I don't feel loved. <laughs> you know? Um, and he's like, okay, what do you need? You know, give me a hug. You know, I'm asking for my needs. But love is not a feeling. Love is not a need. Love is an experience. Um, for me, I don't know how it is for, for another. I, uh, love is a way of, um, of living with an open heart. I was at a, a retreat actually last weekend and somebody in this retreat, you know, we had some words at the end and somebody who's been with that, with that group for a long time said, we are actually in love with each other, like physically in love with each other you know, like we're, we're living in love with each other and for what that really means like how do we ground that in the world like real stuff is um seeing each other for who we are with all of our defects you know i have so many defects i have so many triggers i get triggered like crazy i have all this stuff all this programming that i'm still trying to unravel and this is who I am. And to be seen in that and to be accepted, for me, is the definition of love. 
and to see the other with all of their stuff and not want to change them so that I can feel better. Of course, a journey, like, are we there? Like, can we get there in, like, a, a nice little package? <laughs> no, we can't. It's a journey. All the time, we will get triggered, and we will have stuff come up to our face, and we will have our triggers come up. But learning how to be in the present moment with what is, without judging it, without blame, shame, or guilt for the other or me, yeah, and just seeing what comes up. It's like a journey. Like, what is relationships? It's all of our shit coming up. Am I allowed to say the word shit in this podcast? Go for it. All right. It's all of our shit coming up. You know, person A, person B, person C. I don't care. Coming up, all of our shit comes up. We're triggering each other. We go back to wounded places. We're all like little boys and girls who want to be loved by our mommies and daddies and not feel seen or loved by the other person because that's how they felt when they were little. So, and we all have this place. No parent can be this perfect parent that can meet their, you know, kids 100%. doesn't exist. And uh, trust me, I'm a parent. <laughs> and so how do we break through this, like, ping pong game of you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. Change, 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 change. And actually take responsibility for our feelings, you know, and say, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling sad, you know. This experience has brought me back into a place when I was young and I felt sad too. I'm going to take responsibility for it. And when we actually take that responsibility, then we're not blaming the other person. And the other person, suddenly the space opens up to, to have compassion and empathy. Because they're not defensive against your bad. You know? So if anything, I work with my clients you know, on the, the bread and butter, kind of like what we do. We take the I'm bad, you're bad, out of the equation of relating. There's nobody bad. Nobody needs to change. Nobody needs to change, but there is awareness to grow and compassion. Exactly. There's, there's evolution, but it's not, it's a different kind of change, right? So yeah. you, you think about shit, is that word? Yeah. In the garden, the shit is full of nutrients. Mm, shit gets composted. I love that. Right? We don't just, we're, we're, we're cautious, we treat it with care because yeah. shit can make you sick. Ah. But shit, when you are mindful with it, when you process it, in the compost uh, systems or in waste treatment yeah. in, in, in productive ways, we can reclaim the nutrients and put those on our food trees. That's amazing. And, and harvest. And I think about that transformation that's happening in nature all the time. And I think about it around the shit that you're talking about that we're carrying with us yeah. that drags us down, that feels heavy, the relationship that causes us to blame, to feel guilt, uh, to feel all these things that keep us from our higher self or a higher expression. I think about that as being, it is in a way the material that we're working with to evolve without throwing it away. Or when I hear you say change it, that here yeah. spiritual bypass comes up for me too. I, I, that's my, my thinking on that, yeah. Ashe, brother, like that, that metaphor of shit really, um, really resonates with me like really deeply because, you know, in the core energetics model, we have the higher self. And then we have a trauma state that happens. I can send you a diagram. Yeah, we can share that with this podcast. Yeah, sure. and then there's the lower self where all of these um, kind of negative feelings live. And then there's the mask where the majority of people actually live from. It's more of a numbed state, the mask, this repeated pattern, right? And um, a lot of our, you know, when we, people talk about shadow work, 
the mask is always the distortion of the higher self qualities. So we come into this world with gifts. You know, each one of us brings unique gifts. We're all so unique. So many gifts in this world. Amazing, right? But because of the trauma of not being met, of not having had our needs met in certain ways at certain times, um, in early childhood, we developed this mask that we learn to live from to get our needs pseudo-met, but not really. That's why the, the rinse repeat all the time. And the mask is the distortion of these gifts. And if we make our journey back into the core, we find that these places that tripped us up are actually the, the, like the, the treasure chest of our gifts. And the key to unlocking that treasure chest is awareness and consciousness. So consciousness, for me, is like a key to unlocking the gifts that are hidden in the shadows, in the shit. Consciousness is the key to unlocking the gifts. The shit, I like that. So in the shit, yeah. To say that again. Yeah. Because it's our wounding that gives us this, um, how do I say this? It's our wounding that they gives us these these modalities, these ways of being that can be really, um, really powerful gifts. You know, for somebody with, for example, a narcissistic character structure, right? Then I don't know how much you're familiar with the narcissistic character structure. It's a place where you want to be really seen. It's, it's really a place of like not enough love and be recognized for what you do. So with the narcissistic character structure, the mask is kind of there's this place of I'm going to do amazing things and be great so that you can love me. There's a lot of destruction there, absolutely. But narcissist, people with narcissistic character structures tend to be really powerful leaders once that wound is healed. You know? um, really like good at generating things, at creating things because of this um, wound originally of needing to be validated. This place of validation is really big there. That's why it's so destructive and toxic in many ways. You know? Validate me, validate me, validate me. You, validate me. You know? But once we heal it, you can, you know, there's this gift of like creation and you know, leadership and all that stuff. Very intuitive that you brought up this pattern though because it's something my producer Ari and I have been talking about this week in particular, which is about uh, how do we achieve the, the, we're both kind of driven guys, right? Doing lots of things, wanting to help, wanting to achieve. And we both recognize this pattern. I can really speak for myself and for Ari that we were living in a way so much our pattern was to want, we feel like we need to earn love in our life, that our achievements are the things that we create, what we do is what it takes to get love. And it's around, it's to me, it's related to that, some of that. Absolutely. Uh, some of our power, too, yeah. is there, but also some of our pain, at least for some of my pain, I'll speak for myself, is there because if I don't feel like I'm doing a good job or doing well, I'm not embodying love. I'm not giving myself, meeting my, meeting my own needs with um, embodying love in ways that aren't externally related to validation as much. So, I was, so it was a pattern that's come up for me lately to do that. So it's just kind of, I thought it was cool as a name that that was on our, on our minds that here's something that we're sourcing from outside us instead of finding, doing the inner work 
it's a level of inner work to get to that being a source of our own love um, and yeah, finding that inside absolutely. as well as from inside. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also seeing that this wound has, you know, this place of how do I get love? What do I do to get love? You know, when healed, it can create a beautiful podcast like this to share love. You know, not get love, but share love. Not get love, but share love. That's, I think this, you're really summing up a lot of the things you've said today have really connected the core intentions mm-hmm. of the podcast. So Wonderful. thanks for naming that. And this is about self-cultivation, yeah. what we're growing. So I just think I see you as a great collaborator on this journey of how do we grow our highest expression, our highest self, our, our most aliveness. I mean, there's so much we can say about this. And as we, as we come to the close of this conversation, I want to pass it back to you one more time to talk about, bring it back to the earth, talk about how we get get there and get to this, the, the states of being that you're describing. Yeah. Yeah, like it's not easy. And do I live in this state of love? No, I do not. I am a human being and I have my feelings and I have my emotions and, um, and struggles. And how do we stay present with those places? You know, again, talking about spiritual bypassing, Mask. There's a mask which in Cornogenics we call the serenity mask. It's like everything's fine. I'm spiritual. I'm not worried. I'll just manifest. Like no, this is not what I'm talking about. How do we stay present with uncomfortable feelings when things go bad in our lives? When we don't get what we want? When we are feeling small? When we are not feeling loved? How do we stay present with anger, with sadness, with fear, with joy? How do we move those feelings, those emotions, not in another person, not repressing them, but actually feeling them and tolerating them? Um, one of the mentors at Core Energetics, one of my teachers said, Core Energetics is really about getting comfortable with really uncomfortable states. How do we tolerate these uncomfortable places and take responsibility for them? And a lot of times that involves like moving the body, you know, for some people, even making eye contact is really, really difficult. You know, so I might invite somebody to, to make eye contact for me if that is a place that's difficult for them for a while. And the most important thing I want to really make sure that we, um, we touch base upon here is grounding. Um, grounding is the single most important thing we do. I start every session with every client with a grounding attunement. So that we're here, we're here in the here and now. We, we, you know, we, most of us live over here. Now we bring the energy down. How do we unlock the the blocks, the the splits, to be able to bring our energy down into the ground so that we can feel? Um, grounding is is really, really, really important in shamanism and the plant medicine world, at core energetics, in sacred sexuality, because it is about being in our bodies. I take my, I'm in my body no matter where I go. I, I take, you know, I work with medicine, with plant medicine. I am in my body. I'm not in some woo-woo trip somewhere. I'm, I'm present with what is. Yeah. When I'm with my clients, I'm present. Most of, a lot of the work that I do with my clients to be of best service is I'm grounding myself constantly for 60 minutes. I'm grounding myself so that it can come through me, so that I can feel what the client is feeling what my client is feeling, and so that I have that inner guidance of, um, of inviting a modality, creating a modality, collaborating on a modality. You know, it's an infinite universe of what we can do. Right? 
but to be able to really tap into what my clients need, I need to be grounded and I need to facilitate and support the grounding of my clients. So people who want to connect more, learn more Absolutely. From you, be a client potentially. Yeah. And just um, benefit from your latest thoughts. I know you're releasing regular content and videos, mm-hmm. including about, you know, you had a really moving one about the conflict in Ukraine yeah. and how you're relating to that and just beautiful stuff that you're making and content and videos. So to, in order to follow you or connect, what are the best ways? Thank you so much for that offer, Jake. Um, I have a Facebook group that I will, um, we will post also with this video called Journey into Love. And in that Facebook group, I post a lot of free video content as well as, you know, infographics and other really, really amazing content. Um, you know, I hold free master classes in that Facebook group. So please, if you're interested in just learning more about how I work, this type of modality, if you're not ready to take the next step or you want to take the first step, that Facebook group would be the best place to start. I also have a, you know, a Facebook account that you can follow also an Instagram account. I will be diving into the world of TikTok. I have a YouTube channel as well. I'll give all of those, um, to Jake to post. And it's just, Lots of really good video content to get you thinking about stuff, to get you more aware about, huh, this is my pattern in life. Like, huh, I never realized that this person and that person, these relationships had the same thing in common. It's like, huh, I do check out during sex, you know, and some tools to help you not to. So this, um, this would be a really good place to start. Also, if you're really interested in taking the journey, um, like really taking the journey with me one-on-one. Um, I offer free clarity calls. So it'll be about 30, 45 minutes where we will, first I'd love to hear from you about what are your pain points, what are your challenges, what are the patterns in your relationships that you'd like to break through? You know, what are your intentions and where you want to be? And if that is in alignment with how I work, because it's not always in alignment. Then, um, then I'll tell you how we would work together to get you where you want to be. Absolutely. And so many, so much great stuff. Yeah, it, it's really wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm happy to support it, and really grateful for this conversation today. Thank you for taking the time to share your story and share about your work. Thank you so much. It's been really, um, like, very heart centered and very introspective. And thank you for creating the safe space to be vulnerable and to be authentic and grounded, and also sharing about yourself. It's, um, you know, I feel connected, and when people connect in this way, even if it is you know, in a podcast, I think it creates that place of, that frequency of love that we want to see much more in the world. Amazing. Yes, I agree. I feel, thank you for sharing your story as well, being connected. Thank you.